0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org.
1: I don't know about you, but I was kind of shocked at some of the imagery that was put up there. How many of you were here last week? So I sat sat there as you guys took us through uh, that presentation. and I was, man, some of the pictures are not only not spoken about in families, but they're not spoken about in church. But we began to deal with these issues head on and uh, began to bring these guans.
2: You know, sitting down with Pastor Tom as we began to prepare for that message, Pastor Taz, um, one of the things you really emphasized was it's time for us to have real conversation about mm. the real issues that are taking place. We can't ignore them anymore. And I remember after the service, we had a few people come and just, you know, who really said, man, I didn't realize we talk about such things in church. And we were blessed. But also just to see some of the people who came forward and said, you know what, I really need help in this area. And had we not gone that route, had we just kind of said, you know what, these are things we don't talk about in church. Maybe someone wouldn't have come forward and said, you know what, I need deliverance, I need help. So, I mean, there's been some great feedback. I know Milton, you also received some good feedback.
0: We received quite some feedback about what happened last week. We had people opening up, people being... Real with with situations. And even in the evening service, we had a lot of people come out in the evening service. And a lot of youth come and really open up and begin to share their stories. But this week, we move on with our family Guan series. And we are talking about the church today. You know, there's a lot that happens in church. You know, some can call them church Guans. Uh, You know, in the word of the year, this year, Pastor Tom says that this year will be a year of intercession on behalf of others a year of strong relationships and building community you will need each other to f- defeat the enemies that have been unleashed on the earth against the church you know first peter 2 verse 5 says that you also are living stones you're being built up a spiritual house and this morning as we do that we will be focusing on the community
2: that is the church you know you, that scripture you just read you are li- living stones you know my first perception of the church was that you know the church is a building but you know, I grew up in church, so yeah. you know, I, I kind of didn't have that opportunity of saying, you know what, uh, I want to experience church from a different perspective. I grew up, I grew up in a family where we used to go to church on a Wednesday night, go to church on a Friday night, have all-night prayers in between, you know, and it was it was church. You know, I remember so much so that, you know, my brother and I, who's here today, we had opportunity to go to parties. But we'd go there and somehow we just couldn't fit in because we had grown up in this environment where church was a lifestyle. And so that was my upbringing. That was my perspective of what church was about.
0: I honestly thought that church was a building. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) this place, I always associated it with church. My brother was in the church and sometimes he would say, let's meet at the church. Maybe uh, he needs to give me something or we need to talk. And uh, to be quite honest, the moment I turned at the Dandaro gate, I switched off my radio. Because I would say, you know what, I'm about to drive onto holy ground. This is the church. I would switch off my music, I would come in, and I would leave. But at no point did I want to be a part of the church, because I thought church life was boring.
1: Well, I can pick up on that, Pastor Moulton. Now. And that's the reason I stayed away from church. I figured, you know, that's where all the bored people are. I mean, I, I-, I couldn't imagine, you know, being bored. In fact, no, I could. I just saw myself in church, and I thought, whoa, that's boring. So that's, I, I just figured, you know, that's where boring people are. So Pastor says, one day, 2008, I
0: think it was uh, May 2008, my brother just called me at about 8 p.m., and he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm driving home. And then he said to me, come and watch soccer with my friends and I. And to be quite honest with you, I couldn't think of a, an excuse fast enough. So I said, uh... Okay, and then I called someone and immediately said, ah, yeah, this is a mess. Tonight is the Champions League final. Manchester United are playing Chelsea, and I'm going to watch it with Christians. This is a mess. So I went to their house. I sheepishly drove in, sat in the car for a little bit as I psyched myself up, because I expected that, you know, it's 10 minutes before kickoff, so what's going to be happening is that people will be praying in tongues. I knew what tongues were. So,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: so now the game is about to start and I'm like, okay, someone's going to open up in prayer. And then they don't. So I said, ah, maybe they're just praying under their breath. And then the next thing, Manchester United scored. I didn't celebrate because I was waiting for someone to kneel before the TV and say, Father God, we thank you for this goal. And
2: <laughs>
1: Was
0: that <laughs> and really no, no, your perspective, no, no. Milton? No,
1: I think, Honestly, I think, it was. I think, you know, being, being a Red Devils fan... It would be the perspective that would be praying against the devil, was not it? So, I, I'm interacting with people and I'm hearing.
0: There's a guy who's there. <laughs> Kumbi is there, and he's he's just on the phone, and he's just on the phone the whole. I'm like, okay, these guys actually talk to girls. And then someone else. There's this conversation happening. I'm like, oh, this is what church life
1: sorry, could Kumbi, be like. Sorry, if you're watching us online. Yeah. Sorry, if we didn't check with you. We'll we'll get back to you after this. <laughs> So anyway, we, it happens, and then I'm like,
0: oh, maybe church people are not so bad after all. And then I met someone else who was from cross-culture in those days, and, you know, she was very uh, open, welcoming, and I would speak to her, and I ended up finding out that, you know what, church people are not as bored as I thought. In fact, church people have a whole lot of fun, just different fun.
2: But yeah. it's interesting to think that you actually had those different perspectives. And, you know, church can be very nervy, for someone coming into church for the very first time, you're thinking, okay, what can I expect? Like you said, you know, you're expecting to see people seated in a certain way, speaking in a particular lingo. But what happens? Let me ask you, church, what happens when you walk into church and something like this happens in church? Take a look at this video. <laughs>
1: I'm a man, not going to not Get out, Get out,
2: So you start thinking maybe church is about cartwheels. You know, the pastor is going to do cartwheels in church. But I mean, don't you, don't you just admire the way he recovered from that backfall? It was almost like it was part of his, his presentation. Yeah, and, now, Pastor Taz, we, we saw that you are walking
0: with a limp. Yes. And uh, we had a prayer meeting this week. Do you, do you, do you want to explain, is that, is that what happened? Did you, was your recovery as good as that? Because we see a limp.
1: You know that's one that, that's one of the beautiful things church is known for. It's known for recovery. That's it. <laughs> and I think that was just a practical illustration of what recovery is. Yeah. But the truth is, when we walk into church, we all have different impressions of church. And those impressions that we have of church either pull, either pull us closer to the church, or have us draw further by creating barriers. So a few months later,
0: after this, I think it was maybe seven months later, eight months later, I then got born again. Now, I felt, walking into church, that people already knew about me. Because what happens is, when we get together, we start saying, please pray for my brother or my sister. My brother, my sister is like this, like this, like this. This weekend, they didn't come home. Please pray some more. Please, please. (laughs) So by the time I walked into church, I felt like everybody knew me. And everyone's looking at me and saying, finally. Finally. But at the same time, I felt like some people were skeptical. So I would actually come to, to second service. I would come to second service. And then I, I eventually mastered the strength to come to first service. But I didn't know at what point I could actually lift up my hands in worship. Because I felt like someone would say, "Ah, please, these, those are not holy hands.
1: You know, and just, just to pick up from that, for me, the reason I came to church was because of a girl. I wanted to prove to my girlfriend That church was boring. She was nagging me to go to church. And I said, no, 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 no. There's no need for us to go to church. Church is boring. And, you know, after so many nags, it's either I lived in the roof of the corner, in the corner of the roof, or I healed. it. And I thought, man, great plan. I'll just tell her, let's go to church. If church is boring, we'll never go to church again. Pastor Taz, I
0: think you have to be careful with your words. Because remember, church is judgy. You just said... I came because of my girlfriend. I think you must be specific and say my ex girlfriend. Yes. Praise,
1: <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you uh, never know. <laughs> as illustrated by the video that we it's just saw, church is a place of recovery. Yeah. I recovered and I got a good thing. Come on. Come on. So, so, I, I, <laughs> so you know, the thing is, you know, I, I so when I you know, eventually with being bored. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, when I, you know, eventually came here, it was quite different because my friend uh, actually invited me to sell. And uh, I went, I was very, just like you, I was very nervous. I I went there, you know, thinking, man, what am I, and I I prepared my speech, you know, that, you know, I'm going to have my phone ring at a certain time. You know you trigger your own, ringtone, and then I'll say, please excuse me, then I'll say, oh, sorry, I've been called to work. But you know, when I got to Seoul was, on the contrary, there were these young guys in cell. I mean, we were young, still young at the time, still young now. Uh, But man, they were having fun. I mean, these guys were socializing, they were discussing the word, and they were genuinely laughing, and I mean laughing hardcore. And uh, more importantly, there was food there. But <laughs> even more important than that, there were some really nice girls. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Pastor Taz. You know, um, we're getting a bit concerned what, now. <laughs> <laughs> so, in my mind, when you put laughing, food, food and girls together, I said, these guys aren't as boring as I thought after <laughs> all. But that was it. My first encounter was through cell, And then... The Sal group invited me to church again, second time round, And the moment I walked in, I actually walked into this church. I could not believe what I saw because I didn't know it was called praise and worship at the time, but all I saw were people You actually, thought it was a gig. Yeah. Well, it looked like a gig, but these guys seemed to be having so much fun doing what we call praise and worship, praising the Lord and, and, and absolutely taken away by it. So I then, it changed my opinion that you know, to be holy, you needed to be bored. These guys look like they were having fun.
0: You know, one of the other things that we find is we create these barriers by ourselves where we say, you know what, I, I don't need anyone. It's just me and my God. You know, I can, I can have church at home by myself. I can watch uh, church wherever I am. I'm, I'm just having church by myself. But Hebrews 10:24 and 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. This yeah. is the manner of some, yeah. by exhort, but by exhorting one another and so much more, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, we, we, we can't live life by ourselves. Yeah. We can't have church all by ourselves. We're never created to live alone. We, we, we cannot live in isolation. Yeah. I mean, if you're in prison and they want to punish you, where they put you? In so
2: isolation. isolation. You know, so I grew up, like I said, I mean, look, I'm, I'm feeling bad here because I don't have amazing stories like you guys. Pastor Tess, I thought you grew up in church. So hearing these stories, this reoccurring story about girls, is, you know, it's giving me a different perspective. Like I said,
1: it's part of the recovery. Okay, sir. It's part of the recovery. But you
2: know what? I grew up in a small church. So, you know, my parents were pastors, grew up in a small church. And I remember when I made the transition to then hear the word ministries. Right. I had a perspective of church. <laughs> yeah. I thought, honestly, I thought there was a membership fee to join in. You know, I walked into this room. I remember walking into, uh, hear the word be, be back at Sharon, uh, Harry, Harry Magolus. I think to myself, I looked around and I saw, and there was people who looked like, man, these guys have all things sorted out. You know, the cars that would drive in, you know, and I think we've been deemed this, the rich church. Right. You know, this is the rich church. So I walked in there and th- I thought to myself, man. There must be a membership. I remember thinking, okay, what do I need to pay to get a front row seat? In fact, you know, we've got
0: some people that haven't paid for their membership for front row seats. In fact, we've got <laughs> four. So if you're out there and you want your, we've got swipe facilities right in the back.
2: So, I mean, that was a or real perspective. Or
1: you could just equal cash.
2: Exactly, you could just eco cash. But also, I remember, you know, we used to have youth back in those days um, at Josiah Tungogara. Right. And I remember going to youth, and again, the pressure, the pressure, You know, sneakers has always been a big thing. My Jordan. My Jordan. You know, my my Fila. Fila was (laughs) too hot then in those days. You know, and looking and thinking to yourself, man, you know, you couldn't rock up on a youth Friday without some nice kickers on. Because ones would look at you, you know. But, you know, the more I began to interact with people, the more I began to break through that, you know, that first perspective, that first, you know, kind of, you know, perspective that I had. I started realizing, no, man, you know what? These are people I can actually just connect with. And they're real people.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, part of it, just, just picking up from me, and it happens every time. You know, you bump into people, you say, which church are you from? Celebration Church. Oh, ah, church burns. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I
0: had an encounter where I was getting my car fixed. Right. And so someone then came and it says, ah, pastor. You know, and I'm like, ah, hi, how are you? It's like, Oh, which church? Then the mechanic asked, which church do you go to? And I said, Celebration Church. And I just saw him smile and say, right, you will see me on the invoice.
1: <laughs> you know, but, but one of those perspectives, one of, the, one of the perspectives that was real for me when I walked in, I, I mean, like you, the few times I had been in church before was I, I was in a small church, not more than 100 people. One of my, the things that intimidated me was walking into a church this big. I was like, whoa, too many people here who, you know. And that kind of thing. But what what really helped me and what I since discovered was was the cell brought me to church. And being a part of the cell really helped me. And I soon discovered that the church looks big in here. But it's made up, as the Bible says, of many different small parts. Many different small parts of the body. It says we're one body but with many members. So a church has got cells. It has got cross. I know a lot of people connecting cross. It's got youth, a lot of people connecting youth. It's got men, a lot of people connecting men. A lot of people connect through roots in the ladies. There are some that are part of the business fellowship. They connect there. There are many different areas that a person can connect in within church. It's made out of small parts that make the big hole. These small parts create
0: a potential challenge of cliques. Mm hmm. You know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people struggle to connect in the church because they will speak about how their cliques, anyone ever felt like that? Be honest now, you know, anyone ever felt like that? Oh, it's only six people. <laughs> but one of the things that we have found is that when you're in a big group like this, you can never relate with everyone the same. You, you either end up having relationships that are a mile wide, but not deep at all. And you know, these smaller groups allow us opportunity to be able to grow our roots together, to be able to grow relationship together. But the challenge that we have now is when those small groups become, they become unhealthy by becoming exclusive. Where someone cannot join that group. Where now we become in such a close cell that we're like, no, no, our, our, our register is now full. I think there's a cell across the road. Or, you know, you come into church and we're like, no, 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 this is just us. This is us, no. No one else can come in. So small groups are good, small groups rather, are good, they're healthy, but the problem then becomes when they become
2: exclusive. And you know, one of the other issues is preconceived judgments. You know, I think I was a victim of this. Because you're looking and you see some people in church that you think, I know you from elsewhere. Have you ever come across people that you said, man, I know you. If you're coming to church, then is this church thing really real? You know, and sometimes we, we judge people. And yet what we forget is that that's what church is about. We're all in a journey. We're all in a process. Yeah. And the reason, you know, amen, yeah. And in fact, if church, if, if we aren't seeing people like that coming into church, we have the
1: issues, who are battling through. I don't think we're being effective as the church. I think, I think someone put it this way. He says, you know, church is not a club of saints. It's a hospital for the sick. And those sick have just acknowledged that they need help. So it's more like the picture of when you do need help, you'd go to a hospital. you will get people around you that will help you. Jesus provides us with a body, which he calls his church. Who are people we can get around to help us when we are in trouble. Some people in church they'll look like
0: they wash with the soap. They wash with that soap. <laughs> it's almost like you bath with perfection soap because your everyone's just all oh, oh so perfect. But also the challenge is that we sometimes expect perfection of others. Yeah. We actually expect perfection of others. So when we find someone who's on this journey, who makes a mistake, we actually cry out, crucify.
2: Exactly. It's
0: almost like, no. But you know, I heard a statement once. It says that God does not expect us to be sinless when we're in church, but he expects us to sin less. So it's a progression where which each and every day you're walking, you're going through life, you're sinning less and less and less. <laughs> Philippians uh, 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's a working out that needs to happen. There's a working out. So if we now expect perfection of people, we are setting ourselves up for failure because once they put a foot wrong, we're going to feel like everyone is fake, but hey, they're not being fake. They're just working out
1: their salvation. You know what, Pastor Milton, speaking of working out this, uh, our, our salvation, you know, someone can look at me and say my motives for coming to church were wrong. And they probably were wrong. I'm trying to, you know, the girl, I'm trying to prove church was boring. But the truth is most of us have three huge needs. We want a sense of belonging. We want a sense of worth. And a sense of value. And wherever we find those three is where we gravitate towards to. So sometimes we may have people that have come to church because they are pursuing a girl. I know one of our pastors is a pastor today. But he came here pursuing a girl. And look at what God did. So it doesn't matter how they come in through the door. What matters is how they leave. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. So the Holy Spirit can get a hold of us anyhow. The most important thing is you're part of this church or you're part of a church or you're part of a body where you can encounter God. You know, another perspective is
2: sometimes, you know, we take church as a ATM machine, you know, kind of a place where I come and get what I want. And yet God specifically says through scripture that, you know, we are the body. We all participate. Each joint supplies, Yeah. you know. And so that gave me a perspective that, you know, there is a participation that I must also Give if I'm going to be part of the church community. It's not good enough for me to just come and expect to get to get a good message, get this, get that, without also actually getting involved and being involved in some way. You know, so I think the aspect of saying, you know what, what are you also giving, is a key component of being part of a healthy church. And community. I
1: think that's why Pastor Bonnie teaches us here that your involvement is the key to your call. And I've discovered that you know, the when when I used to come and sit in the back, that was cool. i will get something from the word, but I've grown. By getting involved. By getting around people would say, hey, we noticed that gift in you. Hey, would you try this? And, and this looks good on you and that kind of thing. By being involved in the Kalife Cup, I realized that, man, I don't get dunked. Hashtag, hashtag Kalife Curry Dry.
0: Kalife
1: Curry We don't
0: sing quickly. We don't, we're not dunked, man. We, that's, the glow, that's the beauty of community. community. People will save you. Now, not to say that, like Pastor Tom said, those that got dunked they deserved it <laughs> <laughs> but you know one of the other things about getting involved pastor taz it's, it's 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 nice to get involved it's good to get involved but sometimes the feeling that we end up feeling or the feeling that's out there is that if my mess is too messy munondrasa if my mess is too messy you lose me you 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 cast me away be like hey what a mess step aside i'm i'm going to leave him but you know the truth is that that's probably when we need each other the most when i'm in a mess when I'm in a mess is when I need my brother, I need my sister. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I've been in a mess. And I figured out that my problem when I'm in a mess is that I actually retreat. Yeah. I actually, like, I, I have a mess. So I'm going to step away and not contaminate the people around me. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. You know, some versions, for the word rages, they sell Repel. You repel, and one of the things that happens, especially when we go through things, is that we actually retreat and retreat until such a point as we go into a cave. And now we are, una- we are not accessible. But what we-, we only then feel it now when we're in that cave, when we start saying, there's no one around me.
1: There's no one around me. You know, just, just on that point, there's another thing that rages, Pastor Moulton, and roars and prowls. The Bible calls that the devil. He says he roars, he prowls like a lion, seeking someone to devour. Yeah. And, you know, the, ge- the general nature of lions is that they don't go for prey yeah. that is in the, he- in the herd. They go and attack those that are isolated. They go and attack those that are on their own. Or someone that's been separated from the crowd or yeah. separated from their community. Those are the vulnerable, weak ones that the lion rages, prowls, and goes and attacks.
2: You know, and there's another thing that separates us. And that thing is, I think it's a big thing. It's offense. You know, how many of you have ever been offended in church? Yeah. All of us, I think. And I think, All you know, when we realize that, you know, in church, being part of a community doesn't mean that there isn't going to be an opportunity for you to be offended. You know, sometimes there's, unex- uh, you know, we have these unmet expectations. and an expectation that, you know, when this happened, Pastor Taz, would call me three times in a day and say to me, you know what, you're going to get through this. And you know what, sometimes we have made mistakes. I think as pastors, sometimes in those moments, like you're saying, where someone has needed someone, yeah. someone has needed that phone call. Yeah. But you see, sometimes we then take that offense and we begin to build on that offense. Right. And to the extent that we begin to isolate, we get to a place where we can't connect anymore. Anytime Pastor, St- Pastor Taz or Pastor Links or Pastor Milton stands on stage, all you see is this guy hurt me. And so you can't connect now. You can't listen to anything that they're saying because offense has caused this barrier between you and them.
1: And, and those, those, those things are real, Pastor, Pastor Lincoln. And sometimes, I, I know I struggle with this perspective, that it's the pastor's job. You know, it's the elder's job. But you know, Jesus, you know, in, 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 in gives, when he equipped the pastors, when he equipped the elders, when he equipped the evangelists, the apostles, the prophets, he says, so they could equip the body to do the works of ministry. So it's not just the job of the pastor, it's the body. It's all of us as community gathering around together and, and helping each other when we're in need. That's true.
0: And you know what sometimes then happens out of offense is that, you know what, I'm out of here. But in the end, let me be out of here because you know what, I'm done with you guys. You, I'm, I'm done. Uh, what's the statement It says, first time it happens, Shame on you. Second time it happens, shame on me. Yeah. Third time, you get
1: it. Pastor Linkling, I know that you mentioned uh, unmet expectations. I'd just like the church to follow my example. My expectations were not met yesterday at the Calife Games when Barack came last. But here I am. I'm here in church. I'm in church this morning.
0: Pastor, as I know you had to change your outfit, eh? Because you were ready with green all round. But, uh, green tie. Green tie, green socks, green everything. But hey, red is the way to go,
1: brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Paul says this to answer your redness. In 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 15, he says, These things are right to you, though, hoping I can come to you shortly. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. You know, the Bible says that the church is the pillar, the ground of truth. So when we continue in gathering together, when we continue in coming together as a church, we want to just share right now some of those truths that make us who we are, some of those truths that make us a pillar, some of those truths that make us us. This is us as a church. We are stronger together.
0: Ecclesiastes four nine to ten says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, they have a good reward. Sorry. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion." But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. You know, as we come together in community, as we come and do life together, we are stronger together because we can pull each other up. When one is struggling, when one is going through a tough time, whether it's emotionally, physically, however it is, we pull each other up. We grow together. We discover our gifts and talents together. That's so good. Once we do that. But you know, the thing about some of these gifts and talents is that they are so hidden within us. That it's actually a mining job to get them out. And you know, having been spent time on a mine, you can hear the sounds that happen on a mine. There is blasting that happens on a mine. There is grinding that happens in a mine. There is a smelter. It is hot in a mine. So even as we are growing stronger together, there is heat attached to it. But that heat is not to break us apart, but it's to purify us. Because when you are better... As an the individual, body is the body is better. Yeah, as we good. all grow and are strong. You know, and to talk about, let's give a lot of hands. Just to show us how much stronger we are together, just take a look at this.
1: Hi. Excuse me. Director, sir. That is the wrong clip. Now, sir, we love you. You're we part still of love our You're you you know, part not of our. Take family. We're not gonna take offence. We're not gonna take offence by this. That's 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 an honest you, mistake. We wanna give you an opportunity to recover. Move it, move it, move it. Hey, you
2: there, pick up the indeed stronger together you know (laughs) come on give the lord a hand you know i i I look at my own life i think there's been moments in my life when had i been alone had i not had the power of the church the community uh walk with me talk through some things with me you know i i wouldn't have survived you know but because people came around me came and stood with me and said you know what we're going to stand with you we're going to work through some things, you know. And sometimes that's the beauty of the church is that we can come together and become stronger together. But the church is also a place of healing. And you know, I think we are an agent of healing. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is, that it is then no good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. You know, Salt has many different, uh, you know, just different uh, methods or different uh, properties to it. It has different uh, things that it can achieve. One of those things is healing. You know, when you have a wound, you throw some salt on it and it has a way of purifying, it has a way of helping in the healing process. Come on brother, be strong. You know, and I think of, I think of salt, I think of us being the salt of the earth. I think of the church being that place, you know, like you said, sometimes it hurts because when you apply that salt, it hurts. You're thinking, man, that's, that's salt. But ultimately, it's bringing healing. Sometimes we have to confront each other in the church. You know, and confrontation can be very painful.
1: You know, I know an environment, Pastor Lincoln, that a lot of people go to for healing, especially when they have problems. And that's the bar. And I was was listening to this clip this week where a guy was saying, you know, is Bawa is a place where you can go and find real community. He says, you know, you can go there broke with nothing and come out drunk. But the truth is, in the bar, you're unable towards what's destroying you. Drinking. Covering your pain. In the church, in Hebrews, the Bible says this. He says, come, let us consider one another in let us consider one another in a way that stirs up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. The church is an enabling environment towards love and good works. That's And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you deal with stuff that is really, you have people that confront, I've had so many occasions where I've been confronted by either Pastor Tom or Pastor Bonnie and you think, yo! But it's encouraging you and I, encouraging me towards good works, enabling me towards what is good, not what is destroying me.
2: You know, I remember Pastor Tom always says, he says, you know, if you join a church, you're probably going to unjoin. But if you're joined to a church, you know, and sometimes, I think even in marriage, you know, the Bible says what God has put together, let no man put asunder. It's that, you know, it's, it's in marriages that sometimes we realize that we go through those seasons where, you know, you go through the pain, you go through the loss, you go through the disappointment, but you don't bail out in your marriage because of hard times. And I think of the same perspective with the church, that sometimes there are those painful moments, but we don't quit on church because we're going through those tough times. That's the time where we have to become stronger, closer, because that's when we are most effective. So you've seen that the church is not a building.
0: It's not a place you go. It's not a geographical location. But it is who we are as the called old ones. It is the people. So church shouldn't be the place that we feel judged or judged. Because God has not called us to sit in the seat of judgment. But rather he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. A lot of people want to take a brother or a sister to the cross and crucify them. When they do something now, even now, there may be a brother or sister who's sitting around you, who you know what they have been doing, and right now, you want to take them and crucify them. The heart of the church community is that we reward publicly, but we discipline privately. I know a lot of instances, people want Milton to be put up here, and Pastor Tom stand next and say, Milton has been doing this and this and this and this and this, and Crucify him. Therefore, you will not see him touch the mic for the next six months. That's what a lot of us would prefer to do. We will not allow him to minister for the next six months. He will be on probation for the, we, That's what we would rather have, but that is not what we are called to be. The Bible in 1 Peter 4:8 says that, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Galatians 6:1 says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, any. any, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Why? Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Lest you also be tempted. Our goal is always reconciliation that leads to restoration. Our goal is not to pull someone down our goal is to pull up someone. Come our on. goal is to bring someone to a place of restoration Come such on. that they can be who they really are called to do. You know, a lot of times we want to sit in the seat of judgment, but the Bible says by, that, by the same measure which you will judge, you also be will be judged. Yeah. And a lot of times we actually hold people and, and want to crucify them because we, we're saying, Eish, their sin is bad. too much it's too much but the bible here says any trespass any sin so sometimes just because my sin is hidden and yours is glaring in the open we want to almost sit sit and say you know what i'm better than him but at the end of the day if we were going to go through an expose of each of our lives then none of us deserve to be sitting here but jesus brought us to a place of reconciliation and restoration come on Second Corinthians five, sixteen to twenty-one says, Therefore from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we know we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all, th- now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though, as though God was, were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For we have, we made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in him.
2: Amen. You know, as you speak of reconciliation that leads to restoration, there's a story in the Bible, in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, which I really feel paints a beautiful picture of this. It says a few days later... When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people who heard that he had come home, he gathered in such, a, such numbers, he gathered such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, By digging through, another version says, breaking through it and then lowered the mat where the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. If you just keep that scripture up, I think it's such a powerful story because we see the power of community, the power of church. We see a paralyzed man because, you know, we come into church, we have our different issues. Sometimes there are different things that draw us to church. Sometimes it's a painful situation. Yeah. Something that happened, you know, and that draws you to church. But we see a man here who couldn't, who really was in a situation that he couldn't help himself. And he says four brothers came around him. You know, I, I start thinking of the story. and I think, what if be, what if one of them had said, you know what, I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. You know, I think of four. You know, you think of a, uh, of, of a stretcher. You're thinking there has to be that balance. Right. And so when each person plays their part... And then it says they came and they noticed that they couldn't go through the door. But that didn't stop them. No. You know, and I think that's the beauty of the church is that we don't give up on each other. No. You know, even when we come up against barriers, we come up against challenges, we say, you know what? We're not giving up. And it says they took their friend. Now, I I, want to see a visual of that, of them taking their friend up onto a rooftop. And it says they broke open the rooftop. They teared it apart. Right. And it says they lowered. I mean, that took much effort. But it says eventually they brought him before Jesus because that was always the objective. I think the objective of the church is always to bring people before the master. You know, we are not called to draw men to ourselves. He says, if we exalt him, then he says he will draw men to himself. Ours is to bring people before Christ. But what blesses me the most, it says when Jesus saw their faith,
1: he
2: says he saw their faith and he said, your sins are forgiven. That's such a powerful testimony of what God can do when you and I Begin to put out our faith for someone else. And we say, you know what? I'm not just going to believe for myself. I'm not believing for a house just for myself. Right. I'm not believing for a car just for myself. I'm going to stand with my brother and say, you know what? I'm going to believe God for you. I'm going to believe God with you. And trust that God can have a breakthrough in your life. Because your breakthrough is a breakthrough in my life also. And that is the beauty.
1: And that is the beauty of this community that we call the church. You know Jesus says this he said who do people say I am? Well some his disciples said some say you're a prophet, some say you're Elijah then he turned to Peter and he said well he turned to them, he turned and said but who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up and he says you are the Christ son of the living God Jesus' response was, "Flesh and blood does not reveal that to you, Peter. And upon this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I'm not sure what you're facing today. I'm not sure some of you may have been invited, but I do want you to know that there's a savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And on earth, he's given us a vehicle, a beautiful community that he calls his church. And this community is not out to condemn you. It's not out to condemn your sins. Sometimes because of our own folly, we do. But Jesus' heart has always been that this is a community of recovery. This is a community of Reconciliation. This is a community of restoration. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.